You're listening to the Date Smarter, Sexier podcast with dating and relationship coach, Andrea LaRosa, and my co-host and producer, Kanan John Dewey. Come on. Let's talk about sex, baby. Hey, listeners, welcome back. We missed you from last week. Hello, 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 hello. I hope that (laughs) you are enjoying our new season, All About Sex. It's been fun to talk about. I'm enjoying it so far. I've been learning a lot, to be quite honest with you. And it's actually, in the few episodes that we've done, it's actually improved my sex life with my husband. Not that all we need to... Well, yeah, because... It was, I think, our first episode and the second episode, we were talking about sex addictions, and then we were talking about, is your sex life basic? Mm-hmm. And we were having conversations about how you need to speak up, try different things, you know? And then I actually started to do those things. And out of nowhere, you know, a spark came back into our love life, which was great. So it's like, this is great. Not only, I am a co-host of this show and it's helping me out in my relationship. So I I can only hope that those of you listening uh, actually take some of the advice and apply it. I was looking at a meme the other day. I love that on Twitter. And it was just like, you can read all the self-help books in the world. But unless you apply action to the things you're hearing, nothing is going to happen. And I applied action on some of the things that you've mentioned in the episodes and things got better. So I'm just like, just listen to us is one thing. It's great that you're listening to us. We love you listening to us. But we also want you to to do the things that we're talking about so you can see the positive uh, things happening in your life as well. That's what I'm trying to get. To. That is so exciting to hear. Yeah. That like warms my heart and tingles my toes because that's that's why we do this. That yeah. is why we are here. That is why I got into this field because when I hear that someone is taking something that we're sharing some information and applying it and having success, oh, it's amazing. I love it. Yeah. It just makes me really excited to hear that so hopefully our listeners are too (laughs) yeah i hope so i mean today's show we'll be talking about sex toys and i think there's definitely something to take from that conversation once we really get deep into it but i Mm -hmm. think overall just uh, all the advice that i i feel like we're putting out there into the world more so you because you are the professional here it's it's well it's great advice it's tried and true so those of you listening thank you for listening and we hope that your life continues to get better as you listen to our show (laughs) (laughs) i mean come on what do you have to lose yeah pretty much try some of these why not yeah i mean if you don't like it then you don't like it but there is something about trying though like people who like don't like stuff but never tried it irk me it's like if i if i ask you do you want to try this 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 could be fun they're like no and i'm like oh you've tried it before no i've never done it i don't want to do it i'm like hello you should at least try at least once before you like write it off because sometimes you never freaking know like your husband or your wife could be like babe i want to try this kinky thing and at first you can be like no that's kind of gross or no i'm not really into it but then if you actually do it and you experience it it totally changes how you feel it's like for me i'm afraid to get a roller coaster sometimes 
But then when I actually get on it and it's done, it's not as bad as I thought it was. But I think that's different. You think so? Because there's an actual fear with that. Yeah, I do. I think trying something that you know you can't, like something in in the bedroom is not going to cause any permanent harm. It's just an uncomfort thing. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if you're trying a new sexual position, for example, then it may be uncomfortable, but like, it's not going to kill you. But having a fear of a roller coaster is a legit fear, a fear of heights, of the speed of it, of being sick. Uh, there's a lot involved with that. So I think that's, it's okay well, to have a legitimate fear there. It's okay. So then you're proving even more that we should have less fears in the bedroom and we should just be open to doing more things because it's not that scary and it's not that bad and you won't die. Right. If it's, it's not something that can kill you. <laughs> it can be awkward. It mm-hmm. could, it could be pleasurable. Mm-hmm. You don't know, but you don't know unless you try. Yeah. Speaking of the awkward thing, what are your feelings about masturbating with your partner? Because since we're talking about sex toys, I know it's one thing to like pleasure yourself with your hand in front of your husband or your wife or whoever you're having sex with. But I I find it interesting and I don't know how many women do it, but would this might be too personal, but do you have friends that pleasure themselves with a vibrator or a dildo while their husband or their girlfriend is in the exact same room or, or the, whatever the situation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I'm glad you brought that up because I've talked to clients in the past about this as well. Um, I know a lot of women that will come to me and ask, look, my boyfriend got off. I didn't. And he wasn't willing to do anything. So I got up, grabbed my vibrator and went into the bathroom And I was like, well, why don't you get up, grab your vibrator and get back into bed? Yeah. Stay in in bed. (laughs) Like, why are you leaving the situation? Why do you need privacy? (laughs) (laughs) I I, I need to, I need to go come in the closet. It's like, what? (laughs) And so she was like, I never thought about that. And I was like, just try it and see what happens. See what his reaction is to it as well, because he's going to have a reaction to it. And she did. And he felt intimidated by the vibrator. And it's not uncommon for straight men to feel intimidated by a sex toy. Well, I can see why you can't really mimic what the sex toy is doing. Right. And so while, yes, some men might feel intimidated to the point where they get a little bit upset, Mm -hmm. but this one in particular felt the need to do better. And it was amazing. Okay. So like it turned him on again and Mm -hmm. he was able to be like, fuck that toy. Let me do this. And it was amazing for them. And they had like, she had the best orgasm ever from it. So yes, it can be beneficial. Um, and this is where that communication comes in yet again. Yeah. If he is having a rough day or had a really long week or very stressed, that affects men differently than it affects women sexually. Mm-hmm. And he might just not be able to perform to the same level that he's used to because of his stress level or anxiety or whatever's going on. Mm-hmm. 
So if you are communicating and saying, look, like I'm going to, I'm going to bring in some toys. I'm going to bring in my vibrator or whatever it is, my dildo. And I'm going to stay in bed and give you attention while I pleasure myself. Then it can do wonders for your sex life. Now, are, is there a possibility that he just rolls over and he's like, screw this? Yeah, sure. Of course. All guys are different. I can't mm-hmm. speak for all men because everyone's an individual, but more times, uh, you know, maybe eight out of 10 times, you're going to get a guy who's like, okay, okay. I'm on board. All right. This is hot. And I can so, see the guy seeing it as a challenge. Like, oh, my girl can't, I didn't get her to come. And now she has to take out her vibrator so she can come. Hmm. I can see that almost like affecting his ego in a way where like, oh, I need to do better. Like I need to be so good. She doesn't need that vibe. So I can kind of see being comfortable enough to pull out that dilt, that vibrator in front of him. The, it can pivot your relationship in either two ways. Like either A, you're going to have the best sex of your life from that point on, or B, you realize that you're with a dud. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I I agree. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. So, okay. Where do you think, do you think it's shame that makes people like, like, why do you think initially she didn't want to masturbate in front of her boyfriend? Was it more so about shame of doing it in front of him? Was it a, do you think it's about what offending his ego? I think it's a couple things. I think it's, um, I've never done this. So I'm uncomfortable doing this for one, because mm. really think about it. We're always going to be uncomfortable when we're trying something we've never done before, because we don't know what the result might be. Yeah. Which is fair. Yeah. Um, but it also could be, I don't want to offend him. I don't want him to judge me. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want him to get angry with me. Mm-hmm. Because I do think there are some men out there that would get angry. Angry, yeah. Um, and if that's the case, ladies, sad. get the hell out of that relationship. I would like to say this. If you are in the bedroom, I, I know there's communication. It's just so many levels to it. But if there are any type of fears of you expressing something you want or desire, like if there's that underlying thing going on, it doesn't sound like a healthy relationship to start with. And I don't know what the remedy is for that kind of situation. But if you're, I I would feel like if you're in that kind of situation, if you can't talk to your partner at all, or you're afraid to, to, to push the boundaries of what you guys can do sexually, mm, that's a red flag. Do you agree Mm -hmm. or disagree? I completely agree. If you are worried, concerned, scared of your partner's reaction being violent in any shape or form or abusive or that's just a red flag to get out of the relationship, right? So if you're going to try and say like, hey, honey, let's let's spice things up. Let's pull in a vibrator and you know it's going to make him angry. Mm-hmm. That is a huge red flag. Huge. Because now if he's just uncomfortable or gets yeah. quiet or something like that, that's different. Talk yeah. through it. Yeah. But anger. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. No, that's no good. Which makes me think I know we're having Sheila on soon to talk about sex toys, mm-hmm. but I want to like 
talk about masturbation just a little bit more because I know here in the United States of America, sex is still somewhat taboo. Yes, we have our smaller communities of swingers, of people in open relationships, people who are into leather, people who are into all these different subgroups of sexuality. Mm-hmm. But overall, because this is a religious-based country, um, we mm-hmm. have many religions here, I've noticed that throughout a lot of religions, masturbation and sexual expression is somewhat repressed. That's like a common thing, no matter what. Do you think sometimes that that's what keeps people from really exploring their sex lives? Okay, before you answer that, I just thought about, you. have you ever seen the movie uh, Next Friday? It's that Ice so. Cube movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the second one, I think Ice Cube's aunt and uncle they had like a sex room and there were like scenes in a movie where like they go into this room and they, it'd be like loud sex sounds but it's like like chains on the wall and all these kinky things and it was funny because for the most part most people think that people are traditional when it comes to sex you know the woman lays down the guy gets on top he pumps a few times comes rolls over goes to sleep she lays there dissatisfied <laughs> <laughs> oh my god this sounds terrible. <laughs> but back to the question. Do you think religion is what keeps a lot of people from really expressing themselves sexually or even as much as having fun in the bedroom? So I want to be cautious that we don't go too far into the religion. I know we talked about it a little bit in one of the previous episodes when we were talking about being vanilla. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately, and this is my personal opinion, not my professional opinion, because professionally, I don't br- I don't judge based on your religion. I grew up Catholic. Never. Never. Um, yeah. So let me put it this way. I grew up in a Catholic household, Catholic family. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went to Catholic school even. And yet I had a mother who worked for Planned Parenthood and worked in sex education. So having these conversations were very normal in our house. This was dinner conversation for us. So good. Which was awesome. Don't get me wrong. My friends loved coming to my house for dinner (laughs) because they knew they could ask my mom anything. And she would never share or disclose anything with their parents. Mm-hmm. Or shame them, obviously. Yeah. So it was it was really wonderful to know that my friends had someone to go to to ask questions that would never mm-hmm. judge or shame, like you said. Yeah. Um, but with that said, I think that religion does teach us to have a certain level of modesty. And I think we've misinterpreted modesty. Yeah. I think when you are in a partnership with someone and you are exploring intimacy, then that is an opportunity for you to put aside your religious beliefs and be one in one with your partner to have Mm -hmm. that communication of, look, there's a lot to explore here. What are you comfortable with? What am I comfortable with? And let's leave religion out of that. Mm -hmm. And be just the two of us in this relationship now because just have fun. Yeah, I think a lot of times, a lot of people, and I've heard this from a lot of people, and this is fine if you believe this it's me, my partner, and God in the bedroom. And it's like, woof. Um, That's 
that's totally fine if that if you both feel that way mm-hmm. and you both are okay with that yeah. then that's perfect. your that's your yeah. choice great that's perfect for me personally it is my partner and it is me i'm sorry god i love you but please stay out of my bedroom yeah because i feel like if you feel that way if you feel like someone is always watching you when and how will you ever be able to truly enjoy the gift of sexual expression yeah. because when you get to that point with your partner and you're exploring toys and you're trying different. I don't think people are perverted for doing things. If you're doing it with your partner, I mean, we have all of these senses. We have the smell, the taste, the hearing, uh, everything that that works in our favor. And when we use all those during sex acts with our loved partners or I mm-hmm. guess casual partners, it makes life so much more richer. Mm-hmm. And at and times- It depends on your belief too, right? Because, you know, some people believe that they're being judged by God. Yeah. Me personally, I believe that God wants me to have a very (laughs) safe and active sex life. Yes. So that's my belief. (laughs) I actually want all of us to have that because I think it's interesting. We look at the statistics of things of where people consume certain things, the, the, even though statistics should be ignored, the numbers always tell me that all of us want to have a really healthy sex life. We all want to enjoy each other in that, like you said, a safe and healthy way. We all have urges. And the fact that so many of us create like a taboo around enjoying something as much as a dildo when your husband is laying next to you in bed or or any kind of sex toys should go away because it adds to the flavor of the sex that you're having with your partner. I, I'm not totally into them all the time because I do find them, well, I think it's different for women. What is because I know a lot of gay men and love the the dildos, you know, the eight foot tall fucking dildos and uh, harnesses and slings and stuff. I don't know. Is it the same for straight people? Like, what do you guys use? You know what? I think that's a great question, but I think we should hold on to that question to bring in our guest because I think that would be something she'd love to chime in on. So quickly, let's introduce who she is. What a great moment for us. Sheila is here. (laughs) Um, So our guest, Sheila, and I met at a wedding recently. Mm -hmm. And uh, I love how we bring our guests on. It's always so happenstance. We just meet these people randomly. And it just turns out that she happens to sell sex toys for a company called Pure Romance in Mm -hmm. Ohio. And we got chatting and I thought, wow, that would be a great podcast episode. Can I bring you on? And so <laughs> with, here, without further, here uh, <laughs> <laughs> and so here she is coming to join us and share her knowledge of selling sex toys for a living. I am so excited to have this conversation. Sheila, hi. hi Hello. Thank you for <laughs> joining us today. Are you? Yes, I'm excited to be here today. We've been excited to I... have this. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I, I know. I'm just, you know what? I'm doing that. <laughs> 
Um, I have to say, so something that no one else got to see, and Kanan, I don't even think you saw, I was explaining to Sheila, she was sitting in the waiting room waiting for us to let her in, and I was telling her we were just finishing up a conversation about masturbation. I didn't want her to think we forgot about her, and she sends me back this message that says, finishing is good, with a little winky face emoji, and that made my day. <laughs> Finishing is good. You never want to go unfinished after a session. I mean, come exactly. on. <laughs> Wait, is there a such thing as edging for women? Like, do you, is there ever a time where you use your sex toys and you just keep going until you're almost about to orgasm and then stop? Yes. Yes. So women use uh, sex toys basically for foreplay as their means of foreplay so that they're like primed and ready to then be joined with their partner Uh, because our bodies just take quite a bit longer to get the full blood flow and arousal and everything. So yeah, actually I just had a gal the other day. I'm like, so what do you think of this toy? Like I asked for reviews from mm-hmm. some of my customers anonymously, of course, but um, they, that she's like, oh my gosh, I prime myself and it is so good. Then when he comes and joins me and stuff and I'm like, awesome. Oh, that so, is yes, awesome. yes, it's definitely a tool to get yourself there when you, especially when you know your body takes longer. Mm-hmm. Now, do you think is, is, is that something that's kind of, would you say a rule for most women that you have to get yourself primed before sex happens? Cause I know for men, it's, you know, it, once you're hard, you could go, I guess. I don't know, but. <laughs> <laughs> so it takes, it takes the average male 10 to 15 seconds to become fully aroused. Okay. It takes the average female 15 to 45 minutes to become fully aroused. 15. And that's just 45. arousal. That's not even orgasm. 15. To 45. 45 minutes. Yeah, we you like to say that? a half an hour for like full blood, full, full arousal. So that that right there, I share that at my parties and that normalizes. So like with the women I talk about and stuff and they're like, I'm not broken. That's normal. Wow. <laughs> that's mind blowing. I didn't even know that. Wow. I didn't know that either. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I guess that's why foreplay is so important. And that's why I'm always hearing it. Like when I do read articles, I do hear conversations about women talking about sexuality. That's the one thing that they all say is like foreplay. And I guess that's why if it takes 15 to 45. Wow. So mm-hmm. that means in the 10 to 15 seconds, it takes that man to get hard. His wife or girlfriend is laying next to him. He enters her two minutes or less later. By the time he is done, she didn't even get fucking started. Exactly. Oh my God. <laughs> well, in the physicality of what you just described, I, I feel like it's super common is like, I'm ready to go. So I want to put it in, but I'm, I'm going to throw a couple other things, a couple other factors out there. Um, 80% of women have to have clitoral stimulation in order to orgasm. Penetration mm-hmm. is minor for a female, like yeah, men is like, it's there. It's good. It's a, a it's often a, a it's fun, maybe like a combo component, mm-hmm. but it's the clitoris. Like it, you got to ring the doorbell first. <laughs> if you miss a third doorbell, don't just walk in. Well, the other part of the arousal process is that proper lubrication. Like Mm -hmm. if the female is not aroused, she's not actually producing enough lubricant to protect her vaginal tissues. Mm. So it is often dry sex or becomes very uncomfortable very quickly, or like 
as the blood flow goes to the vaginal area and stuff, it's like, it actually helps expand the tissue and relax the tissue. And so she may not even like have vaginal tissues might even not even be ready for penetration. Wow. And so that makes I mean, so much sense. It now. does. <laughs> I don't even have sex with women, but it makes sense to me that I'm just like going to tell all my straight friends like, yeah, you should really spend more time down there before you get to it. Well, and not every intimate encounter has 15 to 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. Absolutely get that. Mm -hmm. Um, And so there's just a few things like that is why using a lubricant is essential. Mm -hmm. Should be like, hey, you turned 18. Here you go. (laughs) Like, (laughs) this is is a gift from the government. Here you go. This should be this should be essential (laughs) or something like, uh, I I don't know. Quinceañeras are 16, so they're underage. But there's a there should be some coming of age thing where lubricant is essential because there's there's a five to seven minute window of Mm. actual lubrication production once the woman is fully aroused Mm. and so if she's not if if penetration is happening early or late or if um like if she didn't drink enough water that day if she's on medications like there's Mm -hmm. so many things that actually cause vaginal dryness Mm -hmm. in our daily lives Mm -hmm. that as you can tell it's kind of one of my things I'm like you need a lubricant well it's that's that's not even a question that whether it's a toy condom penis finger whatever you're using down there you need a lubricant because dry sex and the after sex like you have to go to the bathroom you're supposed to go pee after sex to flush Mm -hmm. through your area and Mm -hmm. stuff Mm -hmm. if that is ever burned that's because you went dry and that's micro tears in like the vaginal area and stuff like that so like that's a sign and that women are like, oh, yeah, I produce lubricant. Yeah, but. <laughs> so could, would, could you and would you say that too many. I don't want to mix a blanket statement because I know a lot of gay men do this, too, but too many women are having dry sex and are having sex way before they're like actually ready to go. Turned at on. It. Yes. I mean, in general, yes. Um, because the reality of life is that Mm -hmm. most intimate encounters don't have 15 to 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. So there's a few things that you can do or use to still make it comfortable. Mm -hmm. Uh, but not, if you know, your body takes longer, you're, you're not likely to get to that point of orgasm, Mm -hmm. but it can still be comfortable and safe and good to connect with your partner that way, because there is a connection that happens when you obviously open yourself up to sex and penetration and that kind of stuff yeah we were talking about that earlier there but it can be done in still in a pleasurable way Mm. pain during sex is not like so i think i feel like so many women just think that that's normal i don't get that no to be (laughs) fair and i think we've all been in that some women i mean kane and sorry okay i think we've (laughs) all been in that situation where at some point, um, it gets dry and you're like, God, I really want him to be able to finish, but like, ah, it's not fun anymore. Mm-hmm. And so going yeah. too long. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, it could be so this- whether, whether it's early penetration or going too long or mm-hmm. like, at, yeah, like that's where a lubricant comes in on both yeah. sides of that because women literally have a five to seven minute window of like proper lubrication production. Mm-hmm. And if you ain't hitting that window, like you can, you can actually be doing some real damage down there. If it's repeat, repeat, after repeat. Let me ask you this. 
the feeling that you feel when it's dry. So for, if, okay, for a gay man having anal sex, it starts to feel like a burning sensation. Is that the exact same sensation in a woman if a man is too dry? Like, what is the exact sensation if you were to explain it to a guy? If it goes on, like, if it goes on long enough, it can get to that burning. But mm-hmm. the first stages are, aren't necessarily burning just because um, the vaginal tissues are a little more elastic than okay. the anal tissues. Okay. So there's, there's this stage where she's like, okay, like, that, you know, like that, that was okay. That was fine. Like mm. it loses its pleasure sensations. If okay. that's like, that's kind of the first step is it's just like, uh, oh, this isn't necessarily feeling good, but it's not bad and it's not painful. Okay. okay. And so just because there is some, usually some natural lubrication production being moved around down there, but it doesn't mm. mean it's in the right places on the vaginal tissue <laughs> and the tissue inside is, is more elastic and stuff. Mm. So there's a couple different steps to it. That's why like I literally have had women look at me and they're like, Oh, I don't need that. And then I mentioned that after sex, like fire pee. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and yeah. Like, oh yeah. That's happened. I'm like, that was dry mm. sex. And they're like, Oh, that makes more sense. Like, mm. <laughs> so there, there's mind. a couple more stages because the tissue is different. Oh my gosh. I feel like we're both having, like, we're both like Andre and I are like almost speechless <laughs> with this episode because we're just having these aha moments. But I'm thinking now that you mentioned all that with the lubricant, it, maybe in, does it enhance the nerve endings because it's not dry, but it has that nice, almost like when a car is going real fast, it's hyperplaning or whatever. It causes like a nice glide against the nerve endings. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the three, okay. So, uh, and I don't, there was, there's a, a big research study out there that showed 85% of women prefer their intimate encounters with a lubricant. And they cited three reasons. One, because it increases, uh, decreases um, friction, but increases sensitivity. Mm-hmm. So yes, exactly what you just said. Secondly, it's safer for the vaginal tissues um, because there's so many factors working against the female body, but also the, the male penis is actually slightly absorbent. So mm-hmm. he's feeling, um, <laughs> he's what? Say it again. He, the, the penis tissue is absorbent. So mm. he's literally like absorbing some of the moisture from her. Ah, and so, so he's stealing my lubricant for the vaginal tissues to be using a lubricant because you're avoiding like micro tears and the dry sex and that kind of stuff. And in extreme cases, uh, I've heard that prolonged dry sex over a period of time can actually build up scar tissue. And, and it, the basically one of the gals that I heard of was like, she couldn't have a baby because she had so much scar tissue built up in her vaginal from having like that's so much obviously extreme sex. but oh. that and that had to have been like dry sex all the time not yeah like who the fuck was she imagine with? how much pain uh, but the third reason was because it could be more fun you can get into flavor you can get into textures you can get into warming you can get into different things um we now actually have a cbd infused lubricant Ooh. which is Ooh. very interesting and but has its I own benefits try that. <laughs> Um, so, uh, but yeah, those, those are the three main reasons and exactly what you're hitting on when it comes to like why using a lubricant should be just like hands down. And when you're, when it comes to sex toys, your body physically does not respond the same way to a sex Mm -hmm. toy as what it does to a human being. 
No, it doesn't. <laughs> I was mentioning to Andrea in our pre-show that one time my mother found a dildo in my room and she wrote a little note to it and says, there's nothing like the real thing. And this is true because I've had dildos before. And I feel like, do I need to warm this up? Do I need to put it in hot water? Like, what do I need to do to make this a more pleasurable experience? It just, it just doesn't fully get there, which is, I guess, why you should really be doing it with a partner or with someone to like make it as part of your sexual experience? Like, what are your thoughts on that? I think it, it, I think it goes a lot of different ways because if you like go out and have lots of partners, maybe you're not in a committed relationship, go out and have lots of partners because it's better. Mm-hmm. Really? Really? You know, that, that gets iffy. Yeah. Um, and so at that point, especially with, I think you guys were just, you said you were talking about masturbation and stuff like that. Like masturbation, sex, and orgasms are healthy. Like there are physical health benefits to having an orgasm. So if a toy is going to get you there and you're in a safe place with that, you're not just going out and hopping in, you know, hopping out and doing it in 15 different ways and with any willy nilly, you know, so like that's going to keep single women safe. Mm-hmm. Um, to still be able to take care of their needs in an appropriate manner um, mm-hmm. and not take 15 to 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's all get tired, right? We get tired. We just want a good orgasm and then you can fall asleep. Like it's one of the best sleep aids you could actually do. <laughs> I, I agree. I think for all of us, men and women, masturbation before sleep, you'll have the best sleep ever like or <laughs> sex before sleep or oral sex before sleep. It's all good. I had a question, but it literally just went out of my head, but dang it. It was a good question. Fuck. Well, we were talking earlier about using sex toys um, with a partner. You know, if, if you don't get off from your partner and you decide to bring in um, either a dildo or a vibrator with your partner still there um, in it, in these situations in these with these women that you're talking to uh, how often does that come up for some of these ladies where it's like well i'm not being pleasured completely by my boyfriend or husband or partner so are they looking to bring in sex toys into the partnership or are they just looking to bring them in individually when the partner's not around I think it's so situational, both, honestly. Mm-hmm. And I know that sounds like a vague statement, but it, it's very situational. I have I have had conversations with ladies who are trying to, like, the idea intrigues them. Mm-hmm. And so they're trying to figure out either how to have, how to have the conversation of introducing a vibrator into the bedroom um, where they've had the conversation with their partners and the partner doesn't want anything penis shaped, but they might be okay with something small for the clitoris area and stuff. Um, and then there are some partners who just embrace it. They're like power tools for the bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it's the whole spectrum. The whole spectrum is out there as far as what the majority is. I honestly couldn't tell you because it is so individual as far as have the conversation with your partner, talk to them. Um, One of the little, I guess, tricks or suggestions that we have sometimes is in order to feel the benefit of massage and vibration and that kind of stuff, or vibration is to use a massager first Mm -hmm. and give like a sexy massage and have something just start by using it on their neck and shoulders because Mm -hmm. you can buy 
like massagers Mm -hmm. all over the place. Now, if you're going to use it for sex, there's certain things you want to look out for, like an enclosed battery case and the shape and that kind of stuff. So Mm -hmm. like people can walk out to Walmart of all places, right? Mm -hmm. And buy a vibrator. Uh, But (laughs) if you are hoping that that leads to more, if you're like, I want to, I want to massage with benefits. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe we can introduce it. I'm going to massage like massage down their body. So they feel the benefits or want mm-hmm. them to massage down my body. So you hit more sensitive and sweet spots and that kind of stuff. Um, you want to have a sex toy vibrator mm-hmm. because it is built to make sure that it's going to work with your body, your full body. <laughs> Does that make sense? Oh, so, okay. Oh, so not only can you insert it, but you can also like wand it along your body and whatnot. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> I start, it's only a sex toy if you use it for sex. <laughs> like, uh. Yeah, when we have, so there's one out there that is actually we're both like like. it's a hard spherical ball okay so um and it has 10 speeds and vibrations and different speeds and vibrations on it um i sell the majority of that one in particular for ladies who are looking for um like plantar plantar fasciitis they're gonna roll it under their foot right? Like I've gotten to a chiropractor and he has a compression machine because he knows what I do. Uh, but he has a compression machine that he will, he will work. Vibration works tension out in your muscles. And so if you're, you know, having sciatic nerve pain issues or that kind of stuff, a lot of chiropractors might issue like a tennis ball or a handball and that kind of stuff. Well, our hard sphere ball vibrator it vibrates, it's rechargeable, right? So you can put that under your hip and now you get vibration along with that shape to help work out your sciatic nerve pain or your plantar fasciitis. It's also waterproof. So you could roll it down there. Obviously if it's a ball, it's not going inside, but it's yeah. fine. You could use it on the clitoris. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it can be, it can oh, be part sexy time, part therapy. Wow. I, I, you explaining all this. I'm like, I wonder how many people are listening to this show right now are like, wait, we have been using this vibrator, not wrong, but inefficiently this entire time. But now I can picture maybe one person, they take out the vibrator, they take out the massage oil or the lubricant or whatever, and they start to sexy massage a person's body, use the wand over them, even play, if you're a straight guy, uh, rub the the clitoris with it a few times, massage her some more, rub the clitoris again. That can take up 15 minutes. And by the time you get to it, she's ready Mm -hmm. to go. Mm -hmm. Wow. The vibration all over the body activates the nerve endings. So female arousal, since we kind of started there, female arousal, the reason it takes so much longer is... So the analogy we use a lot of times is men are, men are like uh, a microwave, like boom, ding, they're ready to go. <laughs> 10 to 15 seconds. When women accurate. are more like a crock pot. You got to get us preheated. Mm-hmm. And it's still about the blood flow for women. And so in a, what I would call a typical intimate encounter is you have kissing and touching in the upper body, lips, neck, mm-hmm. ears, nibbles, neck, you know, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And all of that gets that stimulation going in the upper body, but the blood flow goes down to the clitoris area. Mm-hmm. And so, and then the kissing and touching in the middle body, more blood flow, more stimulation, more nerve endings. Mm-hmm. Um, your nipple, the nipples are actually in the top five of orgasmic spots too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that like, 
So that can be a very sensitive area. And then kissing and touching in the lower body. Mm-hmm. Um, not even talking about penetration, but all of that is blood flow. Mm-hmm. So whether you want to call it a crock pot or a diesel engine, it's got to be warmed up. You've got to yeah. be warmed up. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, the single most important sex organ on the female body. Uh, the brain. Uh, oh, I wish men would understand that better. <laughs> you if know what? The brain's not in it. The body mm-hmm. doesn't start. And so foreplay can actually start like in the morning before you yeah. go to work. Um, get some like date night cards or something like that yeah. or put little sexy sayings in there or do some little texting like I can't wait for tonight. I got something red. I can't wait to show you, yeah. you know, on lingerie and stuff like that. Because literally you're in an intimate sexy mindset yeah and so when you are going to be intimate with a partner you know are you is he just like climbing on top and you're letting him do his thing or are (laughs) are you getting yourself ready be like hey honey so like the kids are going to be in bed in five minutes obviously if you have kids but they're going to be in bed in you know five ten minutes why don't you go start getting yourself ready, like get in the mood, get in the mindset, de-stress a little bit. Mm-hmm. Stress is the number one libido killer. Yeah. Especially and for we men. all carry it. So it's yeah. managing it yeah. or giving yourself permission to go like to be sexy, yeah. to feel sexy, to, but I want to take like you back to, with them. to that, that comment you said about him saying, go get yourself ready take the five extra minutes. I'll put the kids to bed. I think that in itself is sexy. Sexy. A lot of women. (laughs) Just him saying, I'm going to put the kids to bed. You go do your thing. It's like, I got wet right there. Like, oh, (laughs) (laughs) no, at that point, she's wondering, she's like, what's going on? Like, what's, what's the catch? What's the, (laughs) yeah. What I'm glad that you brought that up because the thing that I forgot when I earlier when I was like, oh, fuck, I forgot was exactly that is I think for men, it's very visual. We can see something and we're like hard right away. But I've noticed for my female friends, it's all mental. It's, oh, he did this thing yesterday and it got me so hot that by the time we did it that evening, I was like ready for him to like just rip my clothes off and just fuck me. And I'm like all because of that one thing he did that morning and she's like yes it was just and i noticed that for my female friends maybe for you as well or or the females listening it's if a man can tap into your brain and start get that going like a like a movie or something whatever it is that's foreplay and by the time Mm -hmm. you get to the sex they're Mm -hmm. ready for you but i think most men don't think like that they think oh all i gotta do is whip it out and she's ready and they totally overlook the fact that women aren't men you just can't show you know a pair of titties and then you're ready to go it's i mean maybe I'm right. Just, Hence the whole dick pic problem. Yeah. Yes. Right. Uh, yes. I don't even really like dick pics. Who the fuck likes a dick pic? Let's be real. <laughs> okay. Thank you for that one. Um, I mean, I like dick, but who likes a dick pic? I'm sorry. Nobody. I, nobody. Okay. So like we first take care of, like we first think of ourselves. It is hard. So I'm going to give guys a little bit of break here because we don't want to, we don't want to rag on guys because there are not. some yeah. guys who do try very much, very yes. hard and stuff like that. Yes. And, and it's, you know, we know what we know, you know, from mm-hmm. our lens, from our perspective. Mm-hmm. And so in a relationship and in a couple, uh, you know, as a couple and stuff like that, being able to discuss 
some of this to bring it up and to not necessarily take it as a hit to their to a macho ego yeah. or to you know and and even if we're talking lesbian couples and partners and that kind of stuff like it's it's having that honest conversation and getting to a safe place where you can discuss some of that mm-hmm. um, and it's not easy to get there because there's ego, there's yep. pride, there's yep. so many things that are in that can stand in the way. Mm-hmm. And it's it's not easy to get to that point of communicating so well. Like this isn't it. So like I have a private VIP group because at my parties all the time, women ask, or when when I talk to them and meet them, they're like, Can can you tell my husband this? Can you tell my husband this? And I'm like, So I'm going to coach the women (laughs) and encourage them to talk with their partners. Now in the, in the private Facebook group that I have, I'm like, you guess what? I'm doing videos for you. But if you find a video in there, pull it up on your phone and be like, Hey honey, let's watch this together. Yeah. You can share the information, but it's encouraging that communication within the relationship. Even if it's, we're going to watch this mutual video together. Mm-hmm. and then discuss it, Yeah, you know, so and maybe have that aha moment and stuff. That you say that because, you know, we are, this is episode five of season two, which is all about sex, but something that I've realized that has been a consistent thread has been communication. Unlike our first season, which obviously communication is important to any relationship, but something that has come up consistently in every single episode we've done this season is you have to have communication. You have to start learning how to communicate to your partner, what it is that you want and what you need sexually, because I can't explain enough to men and women out there. You can have mind blowing sex with someone when you can communicate what you like and don't like mind blowing. Doesn't that sound fun? Yes. Put the other person's needs first, but you have to communicate that. So I I had a gal, um, she'd been in a relationship for like 13 years or something like that. And they had kids and all this other stuff, but the the kids were getting grown and she challenged me. So um, I don't know, I didn't necessarily start, but with um, the in-home parties, like we're sitting at one of their friend's houses, right? We're in a comfortable space, but she challenged me. And she's like, well, what do you mean communication? I'm just supposed to tell him what I want. Yes. (laughs) And I looked at her. I said, (laughs) well, yeah, he's not a mind reader. Uh, So and but we went into I went into a little bit more of like explaining because we all have roadblocks on different things. And this was obviously one of her roadblocks. Like, well, I don't I don't want to hurt his feelings. I said, so you've been together for 13 years and he finds out at year 15 that you don't actually like doing this xyz that he does every time because you're good at faking it i don't i don't know you know exactly what the reaction there is but i'm like he's not a mind reader yeah and it's like putting your pride aside but also in a comfortable gentle way being like hey honey um i'd actually kind of like to try this like you know, it's not an easy conversation to have because mm-hmm. it's very, very intimate. It's very personal. It is a new level of intimacy yeah. to get be able to get there and to not be offended and not hurt someone else's feelings and that kind of stuff. And it was probably a year after that party. And I remember that conversation, but, um, and I try and stay in contact with, you know, the ladies that I meet and stuff a little bit with like newsletters and that kind of stuff. And I just reached out to her on a day of gratitude. I was, 
And I was like, Hey, thank you for being awesome. You've always been very welcoming to have me in your house and and do these parties. And she's like, you've changed my life. Like you changed my sex life for the better. And I'm like, what do you mean? (laughs) Because we were texting. So I'm like, can can you call me? Like, what do you mean? <laughs> I need to and then elaborate. to hear her explain her story, she's like, we have been, we have the best sex life, life ever now because yeah. I have started asking for what I would like in the mm. bedroom. And she's like, it's, it's been amazing. Like he's yeah. been so responsive and, you know, back and forth. And I'm like, oh, yes, yes. It's so <laughs> funny. It's the yeah. simplest thing ever get the hardest thing for us to do in our intimate relationships and that is communicate what we want like but to be fair the hardest part of all relationships whether they are intimate whether they are work whether they Mm -hmm. are family whether they are friends whether they are strangers yeah the hardest thing to do is to communicate effectively yes Mm. yes so to be fair yeah i can't that is a huge struggle that we all have on top of the fact that we don't communicate at all (laughs) now you want someone to communicate effectively on top of it and talk about something that can be very embarrassing now sheila something kanan and i were talking about before we brought you in was um And I don't want to go down the rabbit hole of the whole religion thing that we started to go down, but (laughs) not being able to communicate with your partner and say, this is what I want, especially for women. So religion aside, because I'm just going to call it society. Yeah, that's better. Society Society (laughs) in general and for many generations, like this goes back many, many generations. Thousands of years. Sex is not talked about sex is not discussed sex is um in marriage but here's the thing like boys as they're coming of age they discover themselves Mm -hmm. and you know i i have a son now too but he's only four so i don't have to have that conversation yet yet what is that gonna look like even for young boys but especially young women Mm -hmm. like they just when they start discovering ourselves, especially as kids, to simply don't touch yourself and don't do that and don't rub that and don't do that and stuff like that. It's, it's just shut down yeah. and it's not discussed mm-hmm. in, in honestly just a respectful like let's respect our bodies. Mm-hmm. And it also goes back to what terminology we call our body parts, mm. uh, you know, like it's a penis and a vulva. There's a term you probably haven't even heard. The vagina is inside. The vulva is outside. Like the the external female genitals are called the vulva. (laughs) I guess why would you know that, (laughs) Kanan? I should know that. I I learned that through my company and stuff. And it's it's still not like I've because I have a son and a daughter now and my son is four. He knows he's got a, a penis. But well, what does she have? And we needed a name for it. And I'm like, we're not going to call it anything but what it is. Yeah. Like, and, what and do people so, call like, their... <laughs> all the way back to how we're raised as kids and the shutdown that happens. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And then when we become teenagers, like the shame that happens, uh... the shaming that is brought upon teenagers um, instead of discussions. 
in, in what's happening and, mm-hmm. and our bodies and the urges that we have, mm-hmm. like you're, you know, when you're with another, you know, with your, when you're with a partner that you're attracted to, or just hanging out as friends, you know, like, do you get butterflies in your stomach and to mm-hmm. literally just talk about attraction? Mm-hmm. Most general society does not have the words and the vocabulary and the understanding to Mm -hmm. honestly discuss that. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of shame and uh, just avoidance, I guess is probably a really good way to Mm -hmm. word it as far as the topic. Now here's the flip side. So if you do choose to take the route of, you know, abstinence until marriage, okay. It's just a route. It's an option, right? And so all of a sudden you're like, no, 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 this is not like, that's not my thing. And you push it away and you push it away. That's in your psyche. Like, no, you you kind of build it up as like a bad thing in your brain. Yeah. And then you get married and then on your wedding night, you're supposed to like be okay with it. Yeah. That takes, that's going to take a lot of unwinding. And so it honestly comes down to education and, and women educating themselves to have some of those discussions. And I am so thankful to be in the position that I am with the company that I am with pure romance and stuff like that, because I'm get I get real information for not only myself, but I've been actually been able to educate up a generation to my mom. Mm-hmm. and to my like to my siblings but whether and whether we they they kind of decide what conversations they have with me and stuff like that but not only up but i my my daughter my yeah. her mm-hmm. friends as mm-hmm. much as like i'm gonna have to be <laughs> Andrew, parents that. wishes and stuff you know but it's like i you know like this is normal this yeah. is this is a normal process. And I wish I would have had some of this information, you know, earlier than when I did, because a lot of people I think explore physically before they even understand what's going on. Like, why am I like so lustful towards my male friends? Yeah. Well, you're horny, honey. Like, That's why, girl. <laughs> yeah, you need to put something <laughs> in there, which makes me ask you. Like, you kind of answered the question towards the end of what you just said, but and with the uh, experience of the the one client who you reached out to a year later, and she said you totally changed it. Do you see that a lot of your clients are having these almost sexual rebirths? because they're finally becoming comfortable with talking about it and exploring it with their partners. Are they, are you seeing a change in your clients who are, when they start, they're kind of maybe timid about sex toys, but then time goes on. They're like, Oh my God, I'm so glad. Why didn't I do this sooner? I've been repressed for so long. Like, are you experiencing that with some of your clients? I would say some, um, but it's just like anybody, you know, like you take a health and wellness program and um, you can tell them that something's healthy for them without them actually being ready to embrace it. Mm. Um, And so there, there are, I mean, after I've been, it'll be 10 years in January. Oh, wow. Um, Congrats. (laughs) That's actually, it's great to be a part of a company for, you know, seriously. Yes. Yes. Um, and it's that it's the passion for the mission of just mm-hmm. educating women about their bodies and stuff. So, um, like there's, there's kind of awakening. I've the, the plethora of conversations that I've had the privilege, cause that's what it is. It is a true privilege. Yeah. I've had, um, college girl parties where, um, girls are like, Hey, I'm still a virgin. I'm not interested in having like sex yet, but I've heard it hurts. What can I do? What are my tips and pointers? You know, and so I've had those conversations. Um, I've had a handful of conversations where it 
just had a gal the other day. She's like, oh my gosh, exact kind of what you said. Like, oh, sex is finally good. Like I'm enjoying sex now. Mm-hmm. I'm like, so what happened? You know, like what, what was, what was the switch? Mm-hmm. And she's like, uh, I've had a mental block I've had. And so uh, I think Andrea, the book that you had mentioned, Ethical um, slut. No, Ethical. Nope. Oh. no, we were talking okay. about Emily um, Nagoski's. Um, I think I have it behind me for anyone who's actually watching yes. us, not listening to us. Come it's as called you Come are. As You Are. Yes. Um, yeah. So Emily that was Nagoski her book. wrote this book. It's amazing. That, that Well, and that was her book that she had that she had read and she's like, I, I had so many roadblocks. She had so many, like, I didn't know that it was okay for me to be sexual. Mm-hmm. And so she thought it was dirty. It was shameful and stuff like that. And so that was, that was her book that kind of switched her trigger. And she's like, Oh my gosh. And now, but she had to figure out how to overcome that roadblock. You know, like, mm-hmm. it's not like I provide this information and aha every mm-hmm. time. Um, so I think ladies, like, kind of like I've did here where I'm like, here's the lubrication, here's the arousal information, here's here's the information. Mm-hmm. And I confidently share that information because there's enough, like there's still a lot of women out there who don't know about their own bodies. Yeah, wait. Oh yeah. Many. Because it's yeah. not accepted. Um they actually had the entire DNA genome mapped out before they knew what the clitoris looked like. <laughs> Mm-hmm. before they oh, knew the actual shape and full function <laughs> of the clitoris. Typical Guess man. what? So like female research into women's sexual health topics, um, understanding even endometriosis and PCOS mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff and vaginal pain, like mm-hmm. it is less than 20 years in, yes. in the coming. Like yes. um, the Patty Brisbane Foundation is a uh, fundraising group that they fundraise for research for women's sexual health. They are one of the first fundraising um, organizations that supports women's sexual health research in the nation. Wow. And they're uh, the, so pure romance is 28. I think the Patty Brisbane foundation is 25 years. Wow. Like mm-hmm. that support in the Kinsey Institute um, mm-hmm. is a lot of what, where we get our information and stuff at the Indiana university. Um there's just so much for our listeners to learn. And, you know, a big part of talking about sex is to first and foremost, be comfortable with your own body and understand your own body. And I know we talked about this book. Um, I know I've talked about this book on other people's podcasts as well. And Sheila and I talked about this book. Um, and I think it's a great one for, because this episode is probably a little bit more geared towards women. Although I hope men, are listening and understanding uh, and learning some things as well today. But for you, this ladies episode was out for there, everyone. <laughs> for you, ladies out there. So, may there, I mention one other book? Yeah. Sure. So, I have not read that one yet, although I'm very intrigued. Um, the book that really got me started uh, it's called Pure Romance Between the Sheets. And it's written by the founder of Pure Romance um, and Patty Brisbane. Uh, and I have used that as a reference guide for so many years because the first half of the book is about the mental and social pressures women face mm-hmm. when even just accepting their sexuality. And the back half is different like ideas and here's the clitoris and mm-hmm. here's different ways that women can find pleasure from it. And so the back half is the physicality and stuff. Mm-hmm. So that book, and I don't get anything for mentioning that except 
that's been my go-to reference. That was my first introduction into becoming a sexual, you know, a sex expert. Um, it was, that was my education and learning about this is the first step to being able to communicate. Yeah. Education you don't even know what the possibilities yeah. are. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. hard to even know where to start the conversation. Yeah. Knowledge so, is yeah, power. I, we've talked about it in other episodes. Um, and so, yes, educating yourself, reading, and then applying. So books like Come As You Are or mm-hmm. She Comes First or The Ethical Slut. These are all really great books to start if you haven't read any of them, I definitely say start reading some of these books, start educating yourself. And then next you need to learn how to communicate and apply the information into your intimate partnerships. With that said, Sheila, thank you for being here with us. We are going to make sure that we link your information in the details for the podcast so that people can find you if they want to learn more about pure romance or if they're interested interested in contacting you to find out what kind of sex toys they can purchase to spice up Welcome their to individual just pick my brain <laughs> yeah yeah for sure so with that said um thank you to all of our listeners please remember to follow us date smarter sexier you can send us an email if you have questions. Remember, we do the answering your questions for every 10 episodes. So we would love for you guys to send us your questions. And please give us a like and a follow. And until next time, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Date Smarter, Sexier podcast, where dating doesn't just stop because you're in a relationship. To have a happy and healthy relationship, we need to continue to put in the effort. For more information and a free consultation from me, please visit andrealarosacoaching.com. Until next time.